This is a special episode of Talking Ball, y'all. On this episode, we will dive into the world of CrossFit. Hope you enjoy. Richard, my man, is joining us tonight. Uh, Richard is a, a CrossFit instructor here in town, owns his own gym in Picayune. And we're visiting with Richard, first of all, because I love him to death. Uh, second of all, he's an awesome instructor of CrossFit and has got great knowledge that he can provide our listeners on exactly what CrossFit is. And since this is Talking Ball, y'all, Richard uh, won a state championship as a high school baseball player here at Picayune. Uh, competed for the Pearl River Community College Wildcats and also the Southeastern Lions, a Division One baseball player and a pretty good one, I may add. And he played football in high school, probably could have played basketball too, wore me out in quite a few pickup games. So we're going to say he could have done that, but just an all-around great athlete. And I think he fits in perfectly with what this show is and who we like to talk to. We like to talk to people we like, and we like to talk balls. So, uh, Richard, after that long-winded introduction, you didn't have any idea I talked that good about you, did you? Huh? I don't think you ever have. <laughs> well, these uh, lights and camera and action will make you say anything. But tell us, uh, tell us, Richard, what you do every day. Um, I've described that you own your own, and, and we'll call it a box, and you can kind of describe uh, that to our listeners. But what do you do, man? What, what is CrossFit, and what do you do every day? Basically, CrossFit's just, you know, it's a, it's a class-type atmosphere where we're mixing all kinds of different, um, just to keep it generic, all your different things such as powerlifting, Olympic lifting, gymnastics, um, running sprints, running distance, whatever it may be, um, and kind of throwing them in, which used to be back in the day, just throwing them in a hopper, and, uh, pulling out some movements. Now there's a science to it, of course, with any other exercise there is. We're basically trying to, the easiest way to explain it is constantly varying our exercise. And Richard, how long have you had, uh, I know you and I guess co-owner and uh, Tib, Dustin Thibodeau, opened a spot here. How long ago has that been, man? Uh, August of 2012. Gracious. So y'all have been after it a little while. Describe even that, I think the science of it and even the programming, because I do some of this stuff. I'm not any good. We don't go into that. But even the programming <laughs> since the start of it, Richard, talk about how that's even shifted in the in the time that you've been in this. Well, for us especially, um, when we started, we just kind of followed the CrossFit uh, mentality of you got to do it this way. It's got to be done like this. Um, but, you know, and, and that's the way it was at a point where you could have this grungy, beat-up, you know, area, and it could be whatever it is. You just threw things together and got a good workout in. Um, now it's getting more towards, uh, you know, you call it a micro gym where it's got to be kept clean. It's got to be done right. And then as far as the programming goes, you know, you, you don't want to give somebody too much where, like I said, when we started, it was you got to do this, you got to do that. And, and it kind of pushes people away, and there's still, still gyms that do that. But we've changed so much that somebody comes in, they're going to go through their assessment of where they are individually. It's not everybody do the same thing. We're going to spend time with three – at least three classes, usually more of me spending time with them to assess where they're at and what they can do and what their limitations are and getting feedback from them, of course, and then setting up their program um, alongside ours where the movements are the same, but they're a scaled down version, whether it's weight, um, range of motion, um, or just break, breaking down a pull up into a ring row. And, and Richard, what you described there to me has totally changed your clientele and the atmosphere and your gym just speak to what your clientele has uh, you know and i'm gonna speak freely because it's me you and jeff here but 
and nobody's listening. But when you used to go in that place, it was more like the meathead locker room. It was really intimidating, especially for a guy like me. I'm in decent shape, but I wasn't and still not in elite shape. And it was hard for a fella like me to walk in there. But that has totally changed from the beginning to what it is now. Just talk about who's in there and what your clientele's like. Well, the, the clientele kind of changed with the direction we went in on doing assessments. Um, you know, you, you got young kids in there, but you, there's not a whole lot of them because you, you don't have 16 and 17-year-olds with money. They don't have jobs. They're in school still. Um, but then we got everything from uh, 11 and 12-year-olds all the way up to 75, I think, is my oldest client. Um, so by changing the way we program and doing our assessments and finding where they are and tailoring it towards them, you know, the clientele has grown a ton just off of that. So um, I'd say 4% of my clientele actually do competitions and compete. Um, I'm not exaggerating either. It might not even be 4%. Um, but it's helped the community too because now the people aren't as scared to walk in the door because they're seeing other 75-year-olds, other 60-year-olds come in there, um, whether they're using a PVC pipe or they're picking up a barbell. It just shows that there's 20 people in the gym, all of them are doing different weight, that there's a spot for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give uh, some of the ladies that have been in there for a large amount of time. Annabelle jumps to mind. Uh, but in KJ, some of uh, your female clientele, that, that part has taken off from what I could see, too. Yeah, I, I'd have to say uh, percentage-wise, we're probably 60% women, yep. um, which is huge for us because now they're not intimidated by the gym. Once again, they're, they're, they're open to suggestions on what they should do. And, you know, if they don't want to come in, the biggest thing I get is I don't want man muscles. Well, that's hard to do. Um, and once I can get them to understand that if, you, if you're worried about getting man muscles, you really have to try hard to build that much muscle. Um, and so all we got to do is tailor that, and they start to understand the longer they're in there, they can start changing what they're doing on their own at, as far as instead of moving the heavy weight, they're going to move the moderate to lightweight more times or finish faster. And now it's more of a fat burning and muscle toning type exercise instead of a muscle building we're visiting with richard m hoff owner of the unit uh, crossfit here in picune and richard talk to I, i've named it that i guess that's correct but tell us what goes into being a crossfit affiliate and what certifications and, and what you've walked through this isn't just something you can throw doors open and stick stick a crossfit sticker and roll kind of tell our listeners the process um well first off you have to get you know, you're going to uh, pay for your affiliation fee to use the name CrossFit, um, which is a big deal for us because, you know, you're earning that right to use that name, and they're very strict on it. Um, and then as far as being able to go in there and actually teach classes, you have to have somebody that has what they, they call an L1 certificate holder. Um, there's different levels. Uh, so you'd have to go, you know, pay your money, go to your weekend class. It's a full day Saturday, full day Sunday, um, learning how to teach these movements and spot faults. And then you're going to have to pass a written test. Um, very doable, but you're going to have to know your stuff. Um, and then, there, you know, you can move on to the L2, which I have finished. Um, and, and that's going to teach you more along the lines of the group um, teaching, not just the one-on-one and finding faults. It's time management, programming. Um, it's just getting more in-depth. And then, of course, your L3, which is, you know, you go to a testing center, which the closest one here is Metairie. Um, you go in, you get fingerprinted, pass all that. You go in the next time, you sit down at a computer, put your headphones on, you got four hours to pass the test. Um, and that's when you're really starting to understand, you know, the entirety of it. 
Richard, you talked about, I believe you said like a small, small percentage of our gym, I call it our gym, um, competes at that, you know, in competitions. Talk to me about, uh, y'all just got back from the CrossFit Games a couple weeks ago. Talk to our listeners about what the games are and do you consider, we've, I've described your background as an athlete. Do you conspit, consider, consider, maybe you can laugh at me. <laughs> do you consider CrossFit a sport? I, well, it's kind of a, a it's a two answer question. Um, CrossFit can be a sport. CrossFit doesn't have to be a sport. Um, CrossFit was started for the everyday human being to live a, a fitter life, you know, and that's, that's where it differs between um, the founder, Greg Glassman, and then you got, you know, what he's concentrating on is the everyday person, whether it's the, uh, the mom, dad, grandma, preacher, lawyer. Um, it doesn't matter who it is. How can they live a longer life, a healthier life, lose their weight, um, beat chronic disease is the big deal right now on you know, instead of masking it with medicine, um, let's go beat it with health and fitness. Let's start with eating healthy because that's the foundation. And then let's put some exercise in there. Now, now we're pushing it back, slowly get off of the insulin or whatever it may be, but we're fighting. Now the sports side is when you start your CrossFit open um, and then you move into the regionals and then you go to the games. I think the two are completely different. Um, my competitors, they're not actually doing the same exact workouts as my everyday people. If you want to compete, I can give you the stuff to do. Um, it's going to be harder. You're going to have more lifts to do. Um, you're going to have a longer workout or just a heavier workout to do. So the two don't really go together to me. Um, this is just my outlook on it. Um, it's, it's an awesome sport to watch on the sports side because you're seeing some of the most fit people in the world um, doing amazing things. And uh, it doesn't matter if they're Olympic lifting, power lifting, swimming, they're good at everything and uh it's just something when you see it you realize how amazing they are and richard you described the open process to even get to the games which y'all just visited and was kind of i guess it helped to me to get on the map espn showed it and then i think cbs sports had the coverage this year but the open and and that is local can be local and then you submit your time kind of walk our listeners through what it takes to even get past the open stage um open's broken up into you know anybody can do it you sign up yeah it's like 21 dollars after tax um and it's good to do just to see that's gonna be the worst 21 dollars you spend because <laughs> <laughs> what he's about to describe to you they go torture you for go ahead richard it, it's not because you, you use it for different reasons you got your competitors use it to see where they stand and see you know, hey, how close am I to making it to regionals? Um, and your everyday people use it to see where they line up in the world or in the state or in the region um, or in the United States, period. And then they do it again the following year. A year later, they're going to see they went from, I don't know, random 10,000th in the world to 8,000. That means you, you're 2,000 people better if that's the way you want to look at it. As long as you're progressing, now we're just trusting the process. Um, now for your actual athletes, they're trying to be – and the top 40 of their region go to a regionals, which then they will compete there. Um, and now the regionals kind of switch to a super regional. You got to be one of the top five to even move on from there. So you're talking the top 40 fittest people in the world to go to the CrossFit Games. Um, and it's and that's when it gets kind of nitpicky. And you go there, and it's it's kind of eye opening. And you hear people talking. Um, and being an ex-athlete, you understand that even the guy that comes in last there, he's going to struggle all the way through the weekend. He might not do great. He's still one of the fittest people in the world, and 
you know, for a guy like me, couldn't compete with that guy because he does everything well, but he's just not as good as those other people. Richard, when you look at your athletic background, and as we've described, played uh, baseball at the highest collegiate level, played with uh, some former major league baseball player, how does CrossFit serve to kind of scratch that competitive itch? Uh, for me, it, it, it's all the competitive – it's the only competitive thing I have left, so I do like to compete. Um, even though about to be 34 competing against 20- and 21-year-olds, it's still fun for me, you know. You still always have that drive to uh, – to really believe you know i'm about to go out here and just just give it everything i got and still be able to compete with these kids whether you do or not at the end of the day you're you're excited about what you did it makes you train harder but it it literally it, it scratches my itch by every day i walk in the gym no matter if i'm by myself or working out with one of my classes because i hadn't got to do it in a while um, i'm competing against myself every day um especially when we're doing one of our workouts that we've already done i'm redoing it i did it three months ago uh, and it's pretty cool for some of them that, you know, are more tailored towards me that I know I've done really well at. I get nervous because now i got to beat that time. And the only way to do that is to literally maybe run faster or not put the barbell down. So it, it's the nerves against myself that if I don't do better that I'm doing something wrong. So it, it's a competitive thing where you go home and you look in the mirror and you're like, hey, you did 13 seconds better today than you did two months ago. So I, I know I'm getting healthier and I know it's translating into to me possibly living longer. Richard, when you talk about uh, your gym, there's more to it than just, you know, when the bell rings or the clock dings to start that that workout. The camaraderie, the and, and I'll ask you some local success stories, not to name names, but some lives that you – and I think that's the biggest shift I've seen. Like, I've watched you grow up, so it's cool, but to see – like the way that you've poured into some people and then they're actual they're i mean it that, that's another thing about crossfit people that don't listen have already tuned out so that's fine but you know the cultish mentality or to to tell about that it is real though inside of that place so i'd ask you to just kind of uh speak to that family atmosphere that's built in there and that's exactly what it is people want to call it a cult thing because people like to talk about it um i've never pushed anybody to try it um, if somebody comes to me and asks about it, then I push them. But once you get in, you start meeting people um, that have the same goals you do is all it comes down to. You know, they want to live longer, be healthier, or lose that, that extra weight, whatever it may be. They have common goals with somebody else in that gym um, or in that class period. There might be 15 people in there. They might have the same goals as 10 of them. Um, so it, you grow to become really good friends with somebody you've never met before because you have that, that, you know, that, that common goal. Um, and it's the same thing with the athletes. You find a good training partner as an athlete and, you know, you're off from baseball and you're working out with them that summer, you're going to get better because you have somebody holding you accountable. Well, walk into a gym full of 15 people all doing somewhat the same thing, meaning scaled versions, um, whatever it may be, they're, they're still doing the same movements. Now you have 15 training partners holding you accountable. Um, it just creates a family atmosphere. And we also try and do so many things outside of the gym, whether if somebody's doing a competition, a lot of people always show up to kind of, root them on or we have our crawfish bowl every year we have a christmas party every year and we're working on doing kind of like a a lazy man's formal meaning we're not going to dress up nice because that's just not what we do we're, we're in gym clothes every day oh man you know? i done brought an imhoff on here and he did come up with a lazy, <laughs> lazy man yeah we're gonna show up in flip-flops and you know yes, indeed. we're gonna get out of the, g the gym shorts and maybe put on some some khaki shorts but we're not gonna get too dressed up that's just not oh. us um, I love it. And, and speaking on that, it's funny when I see people come straight from work every now and then 
um, that doesn't normally happen. They walk in and they're, they're you know, their work clothes, and I, I don't even recognize them for the first, you know, 10 steps they take in the gym. I got to ask who it was because you literally see people in gym shorts and, and T-shirts every day or tank tops. And for me, I'm lucky. That's what I got to wear to work every day, and it's, it's gold. I mean, you can't beat that. No, and and Richard, you you talk about you know the way that locker room or that camaraderie, but you've actually had a chance to work with some teams through uh, Picayune Athletics and different. How could that benefit teams to do? I mean, you see teams trying everything, but one craze I do see right now is teams beginning to do CrossFit. I think Sean Payton really uh, tied into it and loved CrossFit over a summer, and he brought that to the Saints. So, how can that benefit? athletics right now well the biggest thing is is the assessments at the beginning even with the teams you don't cancel assessments because it's a big group of people you bring in more people to do the assessments that know what they're doing which is your trainers the ones you know that have the time to come in do extra stuff and they're willing to now you're getting an assessment on each one of these kids um and and if we can get them squatting correctly or uh a cleaning power cleaning squat cleaning correctly then we don't have to worry about injury. Now we're lowering the risk of injury by doing these functional movements, even though it is Olympic lift. Um, we're taking the time to teach it right, not letting them go. We'll let them go as far as they can with, with good technique. Now we're preventing injury as they go. The earlier you get them, it's just like teaching hitting lessons, which I've done for a long time, is if I can get them at that 11 and 12 year old, there's no bad habits yet. I can fix that in a matter of minutes. You give me an 18 year old, he's full of bad habits. Now it's gonna take me two weeks to to break the bad habits, then it's going to take me another two weeks to fix and create new good habits. Um, and it was it was pretty cool. I know y'all just had Greg on. Um, he stopped by the gym. I hadn't seen him in a long time. Can't say anything bad about the guy. He's an amazing guy. Um, he walked in, gave me a hug, and I haven't seen him in, in probably eight years. And it was right before he hugged me that I realized who he was because I hadn't seen him in so long, and he looked the exact same, by the way. He hasn't <laughs> aged at all. Um, and then we sat down for two hours and just talked about exactly what we're talking about. The earlier you get the kids, the better off they are. Um, because we're going to prevent injury down the road by creating good habits and, and just teaching them how to move their body. You know, the earlier you can do that, the better off they are. Um, so it can benefit a team by even when they're not coming to you, you don't have to worry about them getting hurt doing a lift or a back squat or whatever it may be. Richard, you talk about uh, – and this isn't this, – look, this is not a commercial for Richard's gym. This is more informal information on CrossFit. But what are some things for our listeners that aren't here, you know, that are maybe listening from wherever, that they need to be aware of, like if they walk in a gym situation? What are the things that a CrossFit gym and an instructor should look for and should be doing? Um, is the assessments. You can't yeah. – and, and – you know, I, I was at fault with this my first couple years. Um, but you walk in a gym um, and they tell you, hey, we're doing this workout today. Um, I, w- I want you to go through it, and I'm just going to kind of watch. No, you, you can't do that. you got to find they, they need some base point, whether it's a what we call an on-ramp class or a fundamentals class, where they can learn basic movements as far as just a, a squat with no weight, learning how to do that correctly, or a push-up correctly. Everybody's like, yeah, I can do a push-up. You wouldn't imagine you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the people that walk in just don't understand how to do a correct push-up to lower the risk of injury um so the assessments if you're not getting assessed by anything then then where where's your where's your baseline where are you starting from um and they're just starting you off at everybody's baseline which is what i talked about earlier what we did wrong well well this part will be a commercial clay just uh Richard, how, if people's listening, I mean, and like I said, we, we've got a lot of listeners from around the area, but if people are listening and, and want to say, hey, I want to try CrossFit, or I've never thought about trying CrossFit, how do they go about doing that? How do they contact you? How do the classes work? 
uh, talk about like how, how that process goes. Um, you can find us on the internet at youngcrossfit um, at gmail dot, or you can email us at youngcrossfit at gmail dot com. Where uh, we have our own website um, at youngcrossfit dot com. Um, it's got all my information on it. You, I don't even. We don't have a business phone. I want you to call me directly. Uh, if I don't answer, it probably means I'm I'm teaching a class. You can leave me a voicemail. I'll call you back. You can text me. Um, emails. We're pretty good about getting back on those pretty quick because I can see those and actually sit down and read them um, when I have a chance to look at them. Um, but and then once we once we make contact, we just talk about you know you know setting up a time to come in and talk to me where we can you know one-on-one face-to-face spend a good five maybe even ten minutes of just talking about what their goals are it's, it's more for me to find out what why you know and i'm not going to tell you no you can't do it everybody can do it it's just not it's not for everybody meaning if you can give me effort you can do crossfit it's my job to teach it to you but if you can't give me effort i can't help you make the changes you want so it all comes down to effort and some people just don't want to give effort i don't fault them for it that's fine if you like the elliptical hey you're getting healthier that way i don't i don't think crossfit's the only way i'm not saying that but you come in you talk to me we set up a class time and once again you're going to get that assessment one-on-one with me um or one of my trainers most of the time it's going to be me just because i feel like if i can assess you then everybody's going to feed off of that as far as my trainers go um, when i give them what they need to do next time they come in um and that's going to be for the first at least three classes kids richard uh i guess both of my youngins went through uh camps that y'all put on how early and um you think it's safe obviously to get kids involved that's the other myth that i'd like you to speak to will people get hurt at crossfit i guess speak to how early they can start and the i guess the negative is that you when people hear you're doing crossfit or you're begin oh you're gonna get hurt so just speak to those two things if you would yeah um the you're gonna get hurt if you go to crossfit thing it's hard for me not to laugh um you can get hurt walking across the street um you can get hurt doing a bench press in the gym i've seen more bicep tendons tore and pectoral muscles tore in in a regular gym Uh, i'm not knocking the regular gym um, you can get in great shape in one of those too, but most people don't know what they're supposed to be doing in there. So we're giving them that direction. And um, me you know, and Rick Glenn in a regular gym used to do a lot of this. Yeah, <laughs> we talk. We yeah, get, and that's the we thing. get a game dissected between about every set. So instead of you doing that, <laughs> you got ten other people holding you accountable again. Right. So and that's what. Look, I went to the regular gym, and that's the reason I started CrossFit. Was I, that's what I did. I went in there. Next thing you know, I'm doing a bench press, talking to somebody for 20 minutes, I'm not accomplishing anything. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it, it all just, you, you can get hurt anywhere. You can get hurt anywhere. But if you're getting your assessment and now your trainer does his job, now you can go to a gym and a trainer doesn't do their job, and, yeah, you're going to get hurt. And that's where that negative, you know, the negative talk comes from. People do get hurt in gyms because people, the trainers aren't doing their job or the gyms aren't doing their job. If you come into my gym, the biggest problem I have is people not wanting to listen to me when I tell them don't put that weight on there or go down and wait. You know, the egos are going to get in the way, and I understand it. I've got an ego. Everybody does. But, you know, the risk of injury, they've got more statistics out there right now um, of regular gyms, CrossFit gyms, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, bodybuilding, on, and they show the injury percentages. But if we're doing that functional movement correctly, our risk of injury goes down because it is a functional movement. Um, but any, any movement we do, if we can do it correctly, the risk goes down. Yes, we're doing it fast, but we're doing it fast with good technique. Um, so we're going to spend that first amount of time strengthening up a core to where we can do certain movements or doing no weight with a PVC pipe or just a bar with light weight and doing them correctly. So now we're, d- 
we're creating the muscle memory once again just like teaching baseball hitting lessons we're just trying to create good muscle memory to where we're not having to think through every movement but we're still doing it correctly diet and rest richard these are two things you've tried to get across to me i'll maybe you'll have better luck with the listeners but how important are those to to fitness and when to you when you walk in and it's go time those are key right yes very much so the nutrition is your foundation it comes it's more important than the exercise itself um and it, it can be towards losing weight but as far as just once again the chronic illnesses you know the big problem crossfit is fighting right now and i love reading about it and you know i'm not a reader i ain't, i can't tell you the last time i finished a full book but i love reading these little things they put out because they're fighting chronic diseases and they're fighting instead of just saying okay i got diabetes here's your insulin that's not fixing the problem that's masking the problem and it looks like you you got control of it but then the insulin goes up and up and up we're taking more and more and more until we're spending a thousand dollars a month on fighting chronic diseases whereas if we can go get the foundation of of health which is the nutrition then add in the exercise it's already been proven that crossfit and health and in nutrition are curing chronic diseases beating diabetes there's so many cases already proven but yet people still want to go take the easy way out so and and i say it all the time me and ricky glenn talk about this every day because he's got a job like you he doesn't do anything either oh my god we got an edit button for that that makes it to the podcast jeff didn't do his job correctly we sit there and talk and and it's just it's crazy that it's literally when somebody just sticks to the medicine and keeps taking more and more and more all they're telling you and I, this isn't every doctor i don't don't think i'm hating on every doctor in the world but it's literally they're like okay here's some medicine keep living that terrible life you're living mm-hmm. not terrible as a bad person your your nutrition's terrible you're not exercising you're beating your body down mm-hmm. yeah playing video games get out and do something mm-hmm. and start working you don't have to make a change in a day nutrition you're definitely not going to do it you got to take a little bit away at a time and add something else better in just a little bit at a time but eventually it becomes into a big thing if you stick to it um but it's just like crossfit you know everybody can do it but it's not for everybody because nobody wants to put in the time yeah but a lot are i mean your numbers and then i know there's another uh gym here in town there's one in popperville that uh lauren and our buddy evan own up there they the crossfit numbers would that's the other thing I heard, I guess, three or four years ago. Well, that's a craze or that's a fate. Well, no. I mean, it looks to be here to stay. And I, don't, so. I don't believe it's going anywhere, not anytime soon. Um, the numbers are still growing as we go. Um, you know, they're adding, you know, more to it um, and making it available for everybody. The biggest new thing I see is the adaptive athlete, meaning might have one leg, might, might not, it be in a wheelchair, Whatever it is, they're making it available to them now and making sure everybody knows about it. I mean, it's all over Instagram, Facebook. They're pushing these things. Everybody can do it. Um, it's just whether your trainers are willing to put in the time. Um, and for me, that's the fun part, having to start changing things and, and being adaptive. That's like a challenge for you um, to come up with a workout. You know, what, what can I do for them? They can't stand up, but we want to work on their pulling strength. You know, what can we do? And then just trying to figure out the closest way where you can make it mimic that movement um, and and have them do that. And while we were at the CrossFit Games, they were doing seminars all day long, and one of them was the adaptive. So they're giving this away for free, you know, 30 minutes at a time at the CrossFit Games. They're wanting you to get that information out there because they're wanting to help everybody, not just the the professionals of what we do, which are your games athletes. Yeah, and when we talk about community, I mean, I love my church and I'm a Christian. and 
when you walk into a CrossFit gym, we shouldn't use this in the same podcast that I used the word cult earlier, but it is a certain community and it looks like what us as a community can look for. I mean, people from all walks of life, uh, all uh, color and creed. So it, it is a cool like melting pot of society. I don't think that's just particular to our gym here, but I think that's across the board with CrossFit. It's really cool. Yeah, it's it, it, it it's kind of like you walk in open arms to everybody. Um, and I've seen I've been to a lot of different gyms um, around Florida, been a couple in in Texas, uh, went up to Tennessee, went to one, and then you know my brother-in-law owns one in ba- or, or over in Hattiesburg, and it, it's you don't you know of course you got your athletes in there and they all look the same. You can tell like that's one of their good guys, but then you see their everyday people and you're like, man, that looks just like so and so at my gym. You know, it's just it's everybody in there and you know once again it's the stay-at-home mom it's the doctor it's the lawyer it's the preacher it's, it's the, the hashtag grandma. what's the hashtag uh dig with no uh no, no clicks click. yeah just family there we go i know i could get that hashtag out <laughs> hey because i appreciate you so much joining us man this has been uh this has been a blast for me and this is like part of the reason i wanted to start this with jeff is to be able to talk to uh guys like you and greg and just the time that uh we've had with some some local guys have been as big a kick so thank you richard for your time my man i appreciate it stay tuned for more episodes in the weeks to come